thank you, Tash. Thanks. Um, what have you been asking yourself sometimes uh, in life? What could what could go wrong? You know, when you when you're about to do something, you say, "Well, it's, it's safe. What could possibly go wrong?" Sometimes things just go horribly wrong, don't they? Especially in this time in our lives. And people like me have to be really careful. People like me have to be really careful around fires. And here's why. And so do these guys. In this, in this you just watch this and you'll find out why you've got to be careful around fires. go wrong for me though it's not just fires um, it's not just fires see last week we hit off on the book of James from our Bibles and the opening words which we looked at last week they're, they're all about the way we respond to trials and hardships and in particular we talk about the way that Jesus wants to, to see them what could go wrong and this morning, normally, we would have gone on to the next few verses in James, and I was well on the way during the week to getting us all prepared for it. It was going to be called, When, Not If, You Get Tested. All about temptations, and I was going to talk to you about marvellous creation's chocolate and how much fun it is to gossip and just as it was all rolling along, rolling along, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and it was, it was ever clear what he said. And he was asking us and saying, hey, don't, don't move on just yet. Now, from James chapter 1, verses 1 to 12, last week's verses, he showed me again. I mean, these verses, they're always strikingly, strikingly relevant and timely, and they're, they're go-get-em words, you know, but even more so. Even more so, even more so in, in this time, this time of COVID-19. I mean, how are you coping with it? Stage three restrictions, eh? What if we go to stage four restrictions? Your work hours, they reduced? Who knows how long they'll be reduced for? Or maybe you lost your job altogether. Or have you just got cabin fever? You're stuck up in your home and you're all by yourself. 
or you crowd it out with your family. And if you're like me, I've, 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 I've never felt diabolically worried about the physical impact of the virus. I've been much more sobered and confronted with the economic devastation and the flow-on effect of that in our world. And, like, I can't help thinking about my friends in third world countries. And my friend in Manila in the Philippines, he texted me, and this was in the early weeks of their lockdown, which has been longer than ours. And he just, with these telling words, he said, people are getting hungry. Are you scared? Scared that you're going to catch coronavirus? Scared that someone you love will? There's a lot of very scared people around at the moment. And yesterday, yesterday we've been here, we, we had the leadership group online. I'd been here at the church and when I was driving home, now this is, this is way long, uh, like if you've got to be really old if you remember, but remember the, the first movie, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, the first one that came out. I remember that. And Eddie Murphy is the actor, Axel Foley his name is, and he's, he's driven to, to LA to go and find out who murdered his friend, you know. And um, and he's driving along and he's driving down Sunset Boulevard in Hollywood and he's just looking around and he's seen all the weird sights of Southern California and he's just laughing his head off. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm not, you know, like yesterday, that's what was happening to me when I was driving home because I was looking around and I was thinking, man, this is surreal. Oh, there's not a, hardly a car on the road. And there's people... Everywhere doing exercise, trying to get out of the house, and they've all got masks on. And I saw this, this lady walking along, you know, um, and, she, and she was exercising, and she was like, like, she was, like her arms were going like a helicopter. And I was just looking there and thinking, like, <laughs> if you told me this was going to happen before, I would never have believed you. How many times have you said, I mean, let's narrow that down. How many times this last week? Hold on, let's, let's narrow it down a bit more. How many times this weekend have you said something, something like, so words akin to, oh, when it's all over? Or you're like me. Here, the other day on the stage um, when the guys were working to record some of the worship music. And I was talking with Rachel here. And, and Rachel and I, we'd been talking about it and we were due to have lunch together just before the, the re-lockdown. And so, so I said to her the other day, I said, oh, I, 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 mean, I can't wait till we can. As soon as we can, we will. And, and you've said it, haven't you? And I have to. Oh, oh, well, as soon as everything gets back to normal, gets back to normal. Friends, you know, never in our lives have we seen or experienced something like COVID-19. And don't you think, we're like, we see it as a, like, at best, it's like a terrible inconvenience. At worst, it's like a catastrophic disaster. One way or the other, our most instinctive 
attitude seems to be. Don't you, don't you think that it's just like, well, we've just got to bunker down and wait it out before we get back to normal. It's our instinctive attitude. But I wanted to ask you this morning, what, what would Jesus say about that? How would he, how would he want us responding to COVID-19, praying about it, perceiving it, talking about it, feeling in it? Because I mean, you can mark my words, he'd have, a, he'd have an opinion on that. Now, remember, friends, grab your Bible. We're, we're in James. Now, it's, it's a short letter. It's a book in our Bible, right? But it's written originally, 40, 50 AD, as a letter. It's, it's an epistle, as we know it, in biblical language. And it's written by James. He's most likely James, the brother of Jesus. And it's addressed, as we said last week, to Jewish Christians. Look at the first verse in the book of James. It says, this letter is from James, a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's written to Jewish Christians scattered among the nations. Greetings to you guys. Now these Jewish Christians, because, because they, they are in unprecedented for them hard times. That they're scattered. You see, they're scattered among the nations. They had actually scattered out from Jerusalem because that's where they started from. And do you know why they scattered? They scattered because the church, the early church, the brand new church and the Christians were being persecuted. Like, quite frankly, they were being murdered and killed. And it looked like to them the church was going to get wiped out. So Jesus was here. He started the church. It all looked great. Now it's going to get wiped out. It's finished. So they'd scattered. And we call them, the biblical word for them is the diaspora. And what that word means is scattered. So bear that in mind that, that James is writing this whole letter that we're talking about for these next few weeks. And he's, he's writing it to Christians. They're people who are following Jesus. And they... They've scattered in fear for their lives. And it's unprecedented. This has never happened before. And it looks diabolical. The church will not survive this. And you know what? They might also be saying, well, hey, um, I hope we get back to normal. I hope we can go back to Jerusalem one day. (laughs) That might be like me, you know, saying saying to Rachel, hey, Rach, if we get back to Jerusalem, I'll catch you for lunch. Or when we get back to Jerusalem. And now, when when COVID-19 takes your whole world by storm and when countries close down their entire, not just their borders, but their economies... And when we here in Victoria hit several records in one week for the most number of new cases and the, most, and the highest number of deaths in a day, and 
And when we have to close down church, so it means that we can't be physically together. And you know what? Like I'm, I'm personally grieving over that because my favourite time in the whole week, these last two or so years since I've been doing it, that's, that's when I would stand up at the main door of the auditorium and I would, you know it, don't you? I would grab as many of you as I could as you'd be coming in. And I'd scold you, like if you walked past and, and you didn't say hello, I'd say, hey, Ed, hey, come back here. I'd make you talk to me. And I mean, at a minimum, I'd shake your hand, a very minimum. But if you didn't look resistant, I would hug you. If you're a lady, and it felt appropriate, I'd kiss you on the cheek, on the cheek. And I would tell you as well, and I'd tell you, I'd be telling you with every genuine fibre of my being, I would say something to you, I would say it like, it's so good to see you today. I'm so glad you made it today. And then that, that all gets snatched away. I'm grieving. And we all kept thinking all along, maybe we are still thinking, oh, it won't be long till we can do that again. And you probably know someone who's getting married soon, don't you? No doubt. Um, Luke and Jenna, our, our, like, I love these guys, our, our, our precious friends here. They're getting married. Or, or you know someone who, who passed away. And so basically, at the moment, almost no one can get to weddings and funerals now. Luke and Jenna get married. And by law, they're, they're allowed to have, I mean, thankfully Luke and Jenna can be there. Two witnesses and a celebrant. Is this, is this really truly happening? Like in the civilised world in the 21st century, what would Jesus say? If he walked in here now, he would have a mask on, because he abides by the law. He'd have a mask on. Um, and one of us, there's five of us here, because that's how many we're allowed, one of us would have to leave immediately. Better still, Jesus would have to call us on his mobile phone, let us know that he was coming, and before he came in, someone else would have to go out. So, but if Jesus turned up, what would he say? How would, how would he say to respond to COVID-19? Well, look here. Look what it says in verse 2. Uh, and remember, like I told you the last week, the, the, these words, the, they are precious words to me in my life. I told you last week, these words with some other words in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, they've literally kept me alive these last few years. And that was way before coronavirus. Powerful words. Look at this. Dear brothers and sisters, 
whenever troubles of any kind come your way. We'll keep going on this, but I want you to read this. And look, I, uh, and I, I guarantee you, with all the guaranteeing I can possibly do, it is 100% legitimate for you to read that and say, dear brothers and sisters, whenever COVID-19 comes to you. I mean, whatever you do, don't think that, that COVID-19 somehow falls outside this category. It does not. It 150% does not fall outside of this category. Dear brothers and sisters, when COVID-19 comes your way, when troubles of any kind come your way, here's what it tells you to do. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. I didn't write that. I didn't make it up. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just reading it to you. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Now, to consider it an opportunity for great joy, it's upside down. We talked about that last week. The way it's written in the ancient Greek language, there's a sense of urgency to this instruction slash command. Um, and it also, it's not just urgent so much as it points to a definite Action. Now, God is not just asking you to give you something to do here. Please like, don't see it like that as a, as a rule or a regulation. He's not passing on a rule. He's actually giving you life-imparting information as to how to navigate your way through the COVID-19 pandemic, through the loss of your job through your fear for, for your own well-being or for your loved one's well-being, through empty streets and people lifting their arms up like helicopters, and through poor nations where more people, we say, are dying of hunger than coronavirus. He's saying, you know what, when that happens... My child, I want you to make an intellectual decision to know that this is actually good for you. Even when that goes strongly against everything you feel and experience. Whenever troubles of any kind come your way, it's an opportunity for great joy. Um, and how could you ever respond that way? Okay, how could you say it's an opportunity for great joy? Well, because we know, we know for sure, we're assured that when our faith is tested, our endurance has a chance to grow. And it's up to you, my friend, it's up to you whether you're going to let it grow. It is up to us as, as a church community if we're going to let our endurance and our patience grow in this time because if we're sitting around gritting our teeth bunkering down cloistering up tightening our belts and think I've got to spend I've got to... just trying to make it through we're just trying to survive it just 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 wait it out or if we're considering it, in other words, we're directing our minds to look at it in that light. Considering it an opportunity for great joy, or as the message version of the Bible puts it, as a sheer gift. 
So you're actually letting it grow. That's not just you giving it permission when it says, so let it grow. It's not just saying, okay, well, you can grow if you want to. It's another command in the Greek language, and it's putting you on guard against the untimely danger that we've all got. And that's, you know, when we try and squirm out, and sometimes we do squirm out of trials, uh, and we manipulate circumstances so we can end trials. And we, and we buy our way out of them if we've got cash. Or we ignore them, or we deny them, or we bury them. Consider it pure joy, he says, and sit with it while it does its work. Don't try and fast track it. Don't obsess over when this will all finish. And you know what? When it's done, you'll be amazingly better off for the experience. If you know Jesus... COVID-19 is actually really good for you. Don't hear me wrong. Don't, don't hear me saying somehow that it's good. In, in, let's celebrate that lives are being lost and livelihoods are being smashed. Don't hear me saying, look, if you're really feeling scared, that's great. No, 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 no. Like, you know, Jesus shows up in the hard, my friend. And he shines his light. And believe me, believe me, Jesus knows and gets every ounce of your fear. And he cares so much for you because, because fear is horrible. I'm not suggesting that Jesus doesn't get all of that. But it's true. If you know Jesus, COVID-19 is actually really good for you. And, and then what would Jesus say to pray for? He'd be right on board with us praying. He would be right on board with us praying for it to end. And he would be right on board with us praying for lives to be saved and for our governments and leaders. Another, another topic for another time. But, you know, I, I, like, I, I, I'm, I'm disappointed. I'm disillusioned. And I, and I, I feel sad with, with, with the opportunity that many of us, many people just have taken to, in this time just to be so critical of our government and our leaders. The Bible's really clear on what it asks us to do with our leaders. It's to pray for them and to submit to them. Um, but that's another topic for another time, isn't it? Um, but, but anyway, what will we pray for? He'd have someone else for us to pray for too. Look at this prayer. I, I love these words, and I want to give it to you from the New American Standard Version. Um, there's just something good about the way it sounds to me. I love this. It says, um, teach us to number our days that we might present to their heart of wisdom. In other words, ask him for wisdom so that you can step out. COVID-19, ask him for wisdom so that you can step out of your two-dimensional human mind and with his help, see his ways and perceive his thoughts. 
Ask him for wisdom. So then you, then you learn. You, you learn that Jesus himself, Jesus, son of God, learned obedience through what he suffered. You learn that Jesus, because he never lost sight of where he was headed, and that was that exhilarating finish in and with God, that he could put up with anything along the way, the cross, shame, whatever. So ask him for wisdom. And that's what James says here. If you need wisdom, and if you're sick and tired of lockdown, if you're disorientated and disillusioned, if you're sad, if you're mad, if you can't have your wedding or you can't go to the funeral, if you hate wearing face masks and you're traumatised by the apparent necessity of locking thousands of people in their tiny little housing commission flats, and if you're feeling the weight, then you need it. You need wisdom because wisdom, wisdom is what will help you to see into that and to discern to, to the degree that you're not yet capable of seeing this trial as an opportunity for joy. To, as much as you can't see that, then you need wisdom. Ask a generous God and he'll give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Um, and then it goes on and, and says, you know, like believe when you ask if you know Jesus COVID-19 is actually really good for you it's a bit of a different picture though it's like it's counterintuitive isn't it surviving making it through waiting till it's all over my friend do you know that it might be years till it's all over I mean, God knows how long it'll be till, till we're all shoulder to shoulder in church again. You know, hundreds of people together. God knows when we're going to have 100,000 people at the MCG for the grand final again. But friends, meantime, the mission of Jesus goes on. We've still got a lost world. Still got good news. We've still got good news to get to the world. And if we're just cloistered up, toughing it out, gritting our teeth, hanging on tight, we're missing out on what Jesus has planned for us. How would he say to perceive it? What, what, what backdrop would Jesus put COVID-19 against? He told us last week, remember we saw this, he told us to be super aware of our material well-being and of our riches. So here, even though our, our, our country's economy, and in particular our state's economy, even though our country's economy has dived off the edge, even though the streets are empty, We've still got stuff, haven't we? And we've had JobKeeper and JobSeeker and we've got hospitals and public hospitals. We've got Medicare. You see, we are incredibly rich by world standards, even the poorest of the poor here in Australia. 
what Jesus says. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honoured them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They'll fade away like a little flower in the field. Remember that oriental proverb. It's well known to these diaspora Jewish Christians who've been scattered by an unprecedented crisis that they've never experienced before, one which looked like it had bowled the church right over and it had certainly or apparently made them ineffective because they weren't together anymore. The wildflowers is this Palestinian understanding that life is transitory, that it's quick, that it's here today and that it's gone tomorrow, just like those little flowers. And if you're rich, so COVID-19, if you're rich, so whatever buffer you've got, so COVID-19, so COVID-19 doesn't rip your finances out from under your, seat, your feet and, and you keep your job and you don't get sick and your beautiful daughter makes you a ripper mask like mine did, You see, if you're rich, that won't last. It will not last. So how would Jesus say to perceive COVID-19? He'd, he'd want you realising, he'd want you realising whatever the situation that you need him and that in him you live and move and have your being and that people do not live on, on bread alone but they live by every word that comes, that comes out of God's mouth. And that everything that you've got is actually a gift from him anyway. And it's only a gift. The hot sun rises and the grass withers, the little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all their achievements. You see, the more you've got, please listen carefully, the more you've got, the easier it potentially is for you to think and squirm and endure and survive your way through this. It's easier. And actually, when you do that, not to be changed at all. So if you live in this conglomerate, this is in Dhaka, in Bangladesh. And I took that photo from a rooftop looking out. You know, in that, in that area that you can see there, one quarter of a million people, 250,000 people live. You see, if you live in there, I would hazard a guess that you may more easily and with less distraction look to Jesus for help when coronavirus comes knocking. What do you think? See, if you know Jesus, COVID-19 is actually really good for you. I don't want to take too much time, but I just, I, I'm just getting this in my Bible right now because um, I just read this this morning. And so it's not written in my notes, but I thought, I've got to read this to the people. These are verses that I haven't, necessarily noticed before but look at this I just read this it's in Obadiah and it's verses three and four and God says you have been deceived by your own pride because you live in a rock fortress and you make your home high in the mountains so you ask boastfully who could ever reach us way up here But even if you soar as high as eagles and build your nest among the stars, I will bring you crashing down, says the Lord. 
Jesus is not down on you if you've got wealth. And let's face it, every one of us here in Melbourne has got wealth. He's not down on you. That's not what we're saying here today. But he wants you to keep your eyes wide open and just to realize that the more you've got, the less likely you are to go looking for him, numbering your days so that you can present to him a heart of wisdom. Grasping eternity, seeing things that are unseen, discovering and living out the inexpressibly complex and beautiful and ingenious design of who you are. And he knows, he knows my friend, he knows that the bigger buffer you've got, the less naturally likely you are to go running to him for help. How would he want you perceiving COVID-19? He'd, he'd want us perceiving it primarily as an opportunity for great joy and as a beautiful opportunity to express all of our need for him and to watch him provide. So if you're running this same course and you're headed for this same goal, no, you're not there yet. And yes, you do have dark moments of fear and panic and dread and doom. What does Jesus say will happen for you through COVID-19? Look at this in verse 12. Here's what he says. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. That's what will happen. If your bank balance is obliterated, if you can't go to a footy game, if you get coronavirus and you get really sick, my friend, listen to me. If you get coronavirus and you die, If someone that you love gets coronavirus, whatever happens as a result of this pandemic, if your, if your economy does not recover in your lifetime, if, if we just can't have church the way that we knew it and loved it again for a long, long time. Even if we can never do it again. If, if whatever, whatever, do you see what we're saying here today? It was like the ancient prophet Habakkuk and he said, though the fig tree does not blossom and there be no fruit on the vine, the produce of the olive fails, the fields yield no food. Though the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stall. Now look, we don't want any of that to happen. I'm hanging out to stand up there and welcome people to church again. Can't wait to go to the footy. Can't wait till I can have lunch with Rach. 
So, so God willing, the, the, the things that we're talking about, you know, it will get better. And we'll pray our hearts out the whole way through. But do you see what we're getting from Jesus here today, my friend? Listen to me. It's an immovable, rock-solid anchor that no matter what happens here, literally no matter what happens, if you track through your trial, reaching out to Jesus, like we said last week, you're seeking Jesus. You're allowing Him to transform your thinking to see that this is actually good for you. You're opening yourself so that you do that intimately with a small group of friends. You are getting the crown of life. That's what's happening, friends. If you know Jesus, COVID-19 is actually really good for you. That's why Jesus died on the cross. He died for you. He died for you, not just to not just to send you to heaven sometime in the future, but He died for you to save you from sin. And you know what? To actually move you victoriously and beautifully through the COVID-19 pandemic. That's what Jesus died for on the cross. He died to give you life. Died to rescue and to save you. You're going to reach out to Him on that today. Hey, pray with me. Why don't you pray with me? Um, you, you, you're sitting there um, right now and, and you're saying, I do want, Jesus, I want to reach out to you. I need you. You're recognizing, you, you, you don't know it all. You don't understand all of the ins and outs of it, but you've got enough there to know that you need Jesus. That's why he died on the cross for you. Then just reach out to him now. You want to say, Jesus, um, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks for dying to save me from my sin nature and to offer me your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness. I gratefully accept your gift. And I turn to you now, I surrender my life to you. And I want to live the rest of my life for you. Friend, if you've just done that, a miracle's just taken place. And right now the angels are hooting and hollering in heaven because they're really, really happy if you've stepped into Jesus' family here today by praying that prayer. Yeah, that's what's happened. Make no mistake. And my friends, if you're listening into, let's, let, let, let's pray on this. Lord Jesus, I pray for every one of my friends who are listening right now. And, um, and, and I pray that you'll help us. We really, really need your help on this. We can't do it instinctively or, or just intuitively or naturally. We need your help to be able to look at COVID-19 the way that you want us to look at it. And that's not going to be to celebrate it and say, isn't it awesome? that all this bad stuff's happening. That we, we know that's not what you're saying to us. But what we do know is that you're saying to us, you know, no, no matter what happens, it's an opportunity for great joy.
because I'll grow you through it, I'll teach you through it. And the bigger the trial, the bigger the lesson. So you're going to become better through this than ever before. That's what you're saying to us. And so, Lord, we want to turn to you. I pray for every one of my friends that you give us strength to help us to turn to you. Help us to turn to you and to put our hand up into yours and to trust you. Thanks that you're doing this for us. Thank you so much. We pray together. We love you and we really appreciate this. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.